0: everybody to another episode of work stoppage i'm one of your hosts john
1: oh uh, shit! I'm, I'm, fucked I'm lena
0: i'm dan thank you so much for enjoying the show if you want to help us out a little bit more you can always stop over at patreon.com slash work stoppage and don't forget to get in the discord so you can see all the memes and participate yeah. in discussions
1: And before we get into it, I want to make a small announcement for anybody who isn't, uh, you know, constantly receiving emails from the Patreon or or is just a casual listener. But we do. I mentioned the stickers a couple times. I have them. uh, I'm actually holding them up to the camera right now.
2: Uh, <laughs> no you're not <laughs> no, she,
0: did you did yeah, she, did she did earlier though <laughs> Yeah she did earlier I saw it everybody so you have my word
2: <laughs> we're Yeah we're going to peek behind the curtain She's not holding the stickers up right now <laughs> But uh, Yeah so if
1: you're a patron I'm sending out a set of five stickers uh, They're pretty awesome If you want to see them they should be in the announcements Channel in the discord uh, mm-hmm. On the patreon all that good stuff They're dope they're rad stickers
0: Hell yeah Well, we want to start off by following up with uh, the Steelworkers Strike, United Steelworkers, which is continuing as their union is rejecting uh, ATI's offer, as we talked about uh, three episodes ago, and ATI being Allegheny Technologies uh, Incorporated.
2: Yeah, so this is just, you know, following up from a few episodes ago, there's this big United Steelworkers Strike um, that basically, like, they've been without a contract since... late last year. And since they were unable to come to an agreement, they went out on strike. They've been out for pretty much all of April. There's about 1300 USW employees at nine US facilities, including several locations in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, And specifically this one was about yeah, the Washington plate mill in Canton township. Uh, and the thing that because like, this is mostly just a stub article, right? It's like, hey, they haven't been able to come to an agreement, and they, they specified that the two things that the groups are apart on are healthcare and job security for office and technical employees. Right. Uh, you know, just minor issues, like, you know, like people being able to security. keep their jobs. <laughs> Which is <laughs> yeah.
1: funny, because that actually leads directly into one of the details in the story that is... They The company has managed to continue operations with, quote-unquote, replacement workers. Hey, scabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, there's a much shorter word for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's fucked up, too, because, like, you know, like in most scabbing situations, like these, quote-unquote, replacement workers are making quite a bit more per hour than the regular right. workers are. So it's like the company is already basically paying for all of the things that the union Is asking for, they're just expecting to do it on a short time scale and all rolled into base pay instead of benefits.
1: And then the the statement about like from the company is like a threat saying that because the strike continues it's costing them money and so they have to take that out of the contract like (laughs) what a bunch of fucking assholes you're the ones who are making this strike so long yeah well it's just look
0: what you made me do bullshit it's like you didn't have to do that you know you did it it costs incurred as a result of the strike like fuck you how much are your board members making they could single-handedly subsidize the costs of this strike by taking like not even a 5% pay cut. Like they're just mad that they don't get to buy the yacht with the gold trim. They just have to buy a regular yacht.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's where like, I feel like this is where you really see the, uh, the difference between rhetoric and reality, when we hear all this stuff about how, Hey, we've got the most pro labor administration ever in office. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well this big ass steel company is so scared of that pro labor administration that there's like, ah, fuck it. We're just going to hire scabs. And actually we're just going to keep lowballing these offers because they know that the system is so in favor of their position in the ownership. And the fact that like, you know, as a gigantic you know, uh, steel company, they can move production around their, facilities and minimize disruption i really right. thought
1: that you were going to go with the big i word ideology it's like this is
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah for sure but it's just like you could just see that like that's how weak the the labor protections are that like that you have this this great like action by all these workers and and the response from the company is well you know considering that the reserve army of labor is large right now. Fuck you. That's like, right. that's basically like their response. Right. Yeah. Well,
0: and that's the other thing too, is it's like people keep saying like, we need to push Joe Biden to, to stick to more of his pro labor promises. It's like, even if you did get the white house administration to do something, they would like just send joe biden <laughs> down like, to like would... to hijack the union protesters <laughs> as they were like trying to strike in front of the facility well, or whatever. or they'd
1: start some sort of commission or research oh, really yeah. like, hold well, on no us form a committee no.
2: <laughs> let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> uh, but anyways so so this strike continues because ati is is not you know Willing to give the these uh, United Steelworkers folks a fair uh, contract offer. So uh, all solidarity with the uh, the striking USW workers. And uh, I, I hope that they're able to stay out there and, and get their demands met. I
1: feel like I remember at the end that was like near the end of the episode. And I was like, yeah, uh, so it says there's everything's ta Aid. Uh, but I just want to remind everyone that doesn't mean that the workers are going to vote for it. And then they, in fact, did not.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well because you know at every stage in the game the fucking company can try and insert more dirty tricks and companies like steel production uh you know or re- what? what is it S- steel refinement uh they can. The companies know that even though this is like critical industry, like infrastructure, an industry that supports critical infrastructure, it's not like nurses going on strike. Like the average person sitting in their home isn't gonna notice right away if there's like a dip in steel production or if it's suddenly of a lower quality because they had to have scabs do it or whatever. So we need to really put pressure directly on them. And props to the union for doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. And and this this also I feel like puts to the lie you know uh the 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 bullshit pro worker rhetoric you'll see from people in either wing of the, the United States fascist party, right. Um, coming out there talking about how like, you know, they'll use like xenophobic shit about how China is taking away all our industry and we have to protect America. Like, you know, the whole mm-hmm. buy American shit that they try and go out there and try and pass it off as this is no, we just, we're not, you know, isolationists. We're just pro American workers. Well, but are any of those people out here, you know, supporting the USW? No, because like, it's all just a fucking smoke screen to try and attract, people to their ultimately reactionary aims. That's correct. Absolutely. So anyways... (laughs) yeah. In our second story today, we're going to be visiting
1: Trader Joe's employees who have actually been using a a petition to demand uh, that wage cuts don't happen. Basically, they have got these benefits from COVID. It's basically like COVID uh, benefits that they're trying to make permanent, especially because one of the repercussions of not making them permanent is literally cutting the wages of long-term workers.
2: Yeah. This story is like, so we've talked about like hero pay before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we've specifically talked about it with relation to trader Joe's because like we've seen stores like Kroger was just when they passed ordinances in, in cities saying you have to do uh, essential worker pay who just were like, fuck you and closed stores. Right. And we've seen, you know, trade organizations fight against this stuff. Uh, but, uh, they talk about here in this petition that was started by some trader Joe's workers (laughs) that when their thank you pay, which they only got in the first place due to their own, you know, petitioning and organizing during the beginning of the pandemic, when it was increased to $4 an hour in February to comply with local laws, like the ones that we've talked about before the company made up costs by getting rid of the permanent raises employees would normally receive in the summer. (laughs) Yep. So. They've managed to not only justify, you know, uh, not just paying people extra money, you know, that they were just being stolen from them in the form of profit anyway, but then in addition are taking away future earnings by not giving people these raises that they are. Yeah,
0: hurt. they're latching on to the pandemic and opportunizing on it. And they're like, whatever, whatever assistance you force us to give our employees, we're actually just going to take away from them in different places. And you see this all over. Like you see this with my fucking job. Like as soon as it was required for them to give us, I think it was $2 of hazard pay an hour. They like slashed everybody's hours commensurately to make up for that fucking pay. And then as soon as it was legal, they took away the pay and didn't put the hours back. So, you know, that's exactly the same kind of like gradual squeeze, like slow, like noose tightening that Trader Joe's is trying to do on their employees right here.
2: Yeah. And the other thing, that they're they're asking for in here is that is is basically in response to Trader Joe's doing exactly is what you were saying John where um a lot of empo- Trader Joe's employees ended up losing or like seeing great reduction in mm-hmm. their health care coverage because the company instituted an hours requirement, a minimum in order to be eligible for those benefits. And because of the pandemic for various reasons, like uh, because either people's hours were cut by management or they had sick people in their family, or they were quarantining from being exposed due to COVID. Right. And therefore weren't able to meet their hours requirement. And the company's just like, yeah, well you didn't meet the hours requirement, So no healthcare because you were, you know, trying not to get everyone that you work with sick. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's just fucking ridiculous. So, like the full list of demands from these workers who have put this petition together is that the thank you pay be made a permanent raise of $4 an hour for all Trader Joe's crew members, including those on extended leave of absence, the 20% crew member discount be made permanent, and then they want to reinstate full health care for all current employees and expand health care to all part and full time employees. So, it's cool that they're using this Mm -hmm. opportunity to ask to to not just push back on what's been happening to them in the wake of the pandemic at the hands of the Trader Joe's company, but also to be like, this is a moment to expand our labor protections and our employee protections uh, here in the workplace.
1: Yeah. And I also want to point out that thank you pay is uh, in quotes, because as we know... (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that is actually supposed to be titled hazard pay. They just are unwilling to use those words because they don't want to admit that there is a hazard.
0: Yeah, I mean, another way to think about it also is when they think up a, a sweetheart name like thank you pay or hero pay or, you know, whatever. They're basically saying like this is temporary. We are going to take this away from you. And that's just, you know, not fucking acceptable. It's like, as soon as COVID is over, like, let's say nobody's getting sick anymore at all. Like zero cases in the United States, the economic problems caused by this are still happening to each and every one of us. Right.
2: Mm Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Although
1: that's not going to happen. We're not going (laughs) to hit zero cases.
2: (laughs) No, not anytime soon. Like COVID just, Set the gigantic oil soaked rag covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like gasoline soaked pile of America's economy just set that was already waiting to you know catch a blaze just burned it down like this was already coming and this has just made it so much worse
0: Yeah the United States was already a giant pile of burning magnesium and covid some <laughs> thermite <laughs> that walks along and it's like oh I wonder what's happening over here or some tannerite if you want to do a fucking gender reveal party that creates an earthquake that shakes towns <laughs> in two states um, Yeah that that getting funny. derailed
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well and so like so I was when I was, I was looking at this cause you linked this petition, John. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, obviously we're hundred percent on board with everything about this petition. Mm-hmm. I, I was just always like, wow, this is a, a little weird that it's a, pet- in the form of a petition. That's the other thing I like, wanted well. to talk
0: about. Cause it's like, they're not on strike or like doing slowdowns or anything. Like they're just like, getting signatures. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like Trader Joe's is a is a crunchy kind of liberal company that has an image that it wants to uphold. Right. And so if it doesn't seem like it's playing nice with it so like they might bend to this kind of like the employees might really be hitting them where it hurts as far as I fucking know cuz I don't work for Trader Joe's. But right. I am concerned that if there's not a more material element to this that it might not have the the clause that it needs well, to succeed what,
1: what i think is important is like this is a step in escalation this is basically where sure. you inform sure. the company that they need to do better and then when they say no then the employees need to take that as a step to escalate again and, right, and absolutely uh and yeah. and i don't Think that uh, I mean, because this is part of what we would talk about when we talk about worker actions. Because that—that's what this is. This is a worker action, mm-hmm. um, and even if it's just a piece of paper with everyone's signature on it, it is an indication that uh, that it—that it's a threat, and and it, yeah. and, it, and it's and it's an important threat. And hopefully, if the company doesn't follow through with meeting the demands, that the threat of escalation is followed through with by the workers.
0: And you know that's a really good point, Lena. Because not only is this functioning as a threat, but it's also an advertisement to the public that this issue is going on. That's instigated by the workers. So the workers are coming out ahead of the narrative and letting everybody know what's happening. So that if they do eventually have to go on strike in like weeks or months to come, there's not going to Trader Joe's isn't going to be able to like you know close up all the loose ends on what's going on and present like a nice face to the public. Like the, the workers can point and be like, we had like thousands of petition signatures about this already. So don't tell us that we didn't try to play nice about this. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And, and I think that that is uh, a really good, like protective measure though. I think it is just as it's, it's more effective to go and like, like you said, do the slowdowns, do the actual strikes and that would be really awesome. But, but, I think that there is something to be said for
2: um, putting a little warning out there. Yeah. I'm sure, sure.
0: firing a warning shot yeah. <laughs> essentially.
2: Yeah. Cause like I was like clicking through to see, cause I wanted to see like, is this, what's the form of organizing that the folks that are running this petition sure um, or are using and this emergency workplace organizing committee structure that they're using, uh, I guess is a, is part of a joint project from the DSA and the United electrical workers, um, which we mentioned whew, a couple months ago briefly in another story this is it's a it's this program that the DSA worked with UE to put together to like this like rapid organizing toolkit specifically for folks that are trying to organize during the pandemic and so i guess these Trader Joe's uh, workers are like taking that toolkit to help uh, this is with this is a part of it and so hopefully like like you said like this is going to be part of a broader and continuing effort. Yeah. And so, uh, we can put a link to this in, uh, in the episode description when we, Oh yeah. When we post this and people can go in and and sign the petition. (sighs) Well, uh, referencing a joke I told earlier. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Folks, the Biden administration, the biggest joke there is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Biden signed an executive order, uh, raising the minimum wage of federal contractors to $15 an hour. Interesting how uh, it's just federal contractors and not necessarily federal employees as well as like, uh, you know, workers in general. But then the kicker on this one is that he's also, also part of that executive order is a labor task force. Yeah. We're gonna we got a task force, y'all. It's gonna get taken care of. They're definitely gonna do something and not just sit around the table like a bunch of assholes.
0: Yeah. And I mean I Googled real quick just federal contractor average salary. So I don't know if this is the mean or the median or what, but they make <laughs> $98,000 a year, just shy of six figures, which averages to about forty seven forty five an hour. So this is a minimum wage increase for people who in a lot of, not in every case, I'm sure plenty of people who are classified as federal contractors were making minimum wage of some kind, but by and large, like you got to imagine this is affecting a very slim percentage of people who are actually seeing a
2: wage increase well they
1: specifically said that it's not gonna affect taxpayers at all which
2: means that it's not
1: actually doing anything yeah (laughs) the
2: the other thing like look we like we're coming out here and shitting on this because it's woefully inefficient it's not like we're like don't raise the wages of federal contractors but the thing that gets me about this is it's obviously pure because of the like you mentioned it's it's nothing as far as like the federal government's budget goes so it's purely like a political gesture but what i don't understand is why would you do this after you already actively helped Kill the universal fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage increase. Why didn't you do this first? Because this looks like a much more empty gesture when, like, you helped right wingers in the Senate kill the concept of raising the like whole country's minimum wage I to mean, fifteen dollars. Well, they're
0: hour. doing it because they think people's political memory is short. Because unfortunately, uh, a lot I of guess. people's political memory is fucking short, especially airheaded fucking NPR listeners, which is where we're pulling <laughs> this uh, That's article true. from. That's true.
1: Oh. <laughs> I mean like we have to you know also mention that the second article of this is
2: new york times new york times so, yeah, yeah so
0: just yes. a bunch of people who love to get all up
2: on joe biden's fucking jock yeah. <laughs> the 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 other component to this because i'm sure there are like that average is because there's like you know there's some contractors that make like a millions million, and then, yeah and then there's the contractors that make like 30 grand a year but like even in this incredibly narrow sliver of employees, they still couldn't just make this. All right, we're increasing your wages. They had to do the fucking slow roll it part with workers that can be tipped because this this also increased uh, like the minimum wage for tipped workers because there's federal contractor tipped workers, right? But. That isn't going to be done for three more years for some reason. Like (laughs) the federal government, like we just passed like a trillion dollar bill, but we got to wait three more years. For tipped workers to make $15 an hour for some
0: reason. right? Well, you know, it's, it's cause it's all power politics, right? It's like, if yeah. you are lower on the totem pole, you have to be reminded of that in a material way because they love it when shit gets more stratified and it's all under the guise of like, uh, oh, you know, uh, oh, these workers work hard. They, they have more money so obviously they worked harder for that money. So they deserve the more money more than the (laughs) other. It's all just like this reflexive, like (laughs) the more money you have, the more money you deserve. Um, but they just extend that all the way down to, to, you know, because like what, what's a federal, what's a federal contractor who's tipped? Like you're a fucking like Senate, bus like boy the, or something the, like
2: like the bartender at the Senate bar.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like and it's like, oh, now we have to pay this guy seven sixty five an hour. It's like well, I'd actually like to be the bartender at the Senate bar because one you could collect a ton of dirt on everybody and two, <laughs> I bet they tip you twenty fifty bucks like it's fucking nothing. Well, <laughs> uh,
2: assuredly that person is a CIA. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, they're, they're not well
0: <laughs> collecting a federal contract. So yeah, we're raising the minimum wage for CIA agents <laughs> yeah, here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's
1: and and the people who brought in the giant uh what is it the the banquet worth of McDonald's that Trump had that oh. one time. right right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ne-
0: next Joe Biden will uh give the cops a minimum wage increase and we'll have to think that that's a fucking <laughs> incredibly progressive move now. as well too.
2: Uh. No, the next one will be when Kamala <laughs> takes over and she raises the contractor minimum wage to like 25 bucks an hour, but then stops hiring uh, like uh, people as contractors and starts using more prison labor.
0: Do you think that's yeah. what they're doing now? Do you think they're like, oh, the whole they like the, the families thing? Like we can't have another Bush. We can't have another Clinton. That's just not working. So it's just going to be vice presidents from here I, on out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you said, Lena, like even. um like they ha- even in like the New York Times article trumpeting the uh, the this big labor task force that's going to tackle all these problems. Uh, they had an expert in here who said, like, as a general rule, the federal government probably cannot deny contracts to companies simply because they are hostile to labor unions, said Anastasia Christman, <laughs> an expert on government contracting.
1: <laughs> que- question. Why? Because <laughs> they all are, because no, Lockheed I, Martin and Boeing and Raytheon
0: and I, I, I Northrop that. Grumman are all hyper hostile to labor.
1: But but to, but to, but to say that that they can't <laughs> sounds like a lie to me. Well, I'm pretty that's, sure that's they the f- can.
0: That's the fun part, right? <laughs> is that like they the government like lets this shit get to this point and they give out contracts to like a select few companies for like decades and then they're like. Oopsie Daisy, whoopsie fucko! I can't give anyone a contract who's not uh, hyper anti labor because the only people who've been receiving enough money from the government to do the R and D necessary to build the things the government wants to buy now are all hyper anti labor because I let this shit slide for fifty fucking years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, because yeah, I mean, the, there's the the unsaid asterisk. Anytime these people are like, the government cannot or probably cannot do X. Yeah, but the asterisk is. Well, main up uh, maintaining and upholding as totally sacrosanct the rights of private property, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's all, it's just a big circuitous like money thing, right? Like it's like legislators right. make sure that taxpayer money goes to the big corporations and then the big corporations make sure the money goes to the campaign funds of the politicians and you just fucking rinse and repeat. <sighs>
1: This is, yeah, you, you're, it's just like the, oh, we can't put $15 minimum wage in the infrastructure or in the, in this bill. And then they, they're like, oh wait, no, you can. And then like, no, nope. No, we nope. cannot. <laughs> Sorry
0: guys, the Republicans twisted our arm really hard on this. They gave us a sick burn all across the they side went, of our they arm.
1: Went from zero votes for it to, whatever wait, still zero votes for yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Most progressive administration ever.
2: Yeah. So, uh, recognizing that, you know, this labor task force isn't going to do fucking anything. <laughs> They're
0: probably going to uh, tell us not to pass the PRO Act. <laughs>
2: that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: So, that's exactly. And, the, the, and that's, that's what the, that's what the, um, the what do you? God, I keep forgetting. The, the labor task force is for it is specifically <laughs> so that the task force can say, well, the pro act is too far reaching. It's gonna it's gonna burden the government with how much they have to respect workers, you right. know, some shit like that.
0: And then it'll be five years before it merges with the ATF, and we have the Department of Alcohol, <laughs> Tobacco, Firearms, and Labor Task Force. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So. Uh, Luckily, it seems that at least some union leaders are not relying on this labor task force <laughs> to to pin all their hopes for any improvements in labor law. Yeah, because um, the next story we've got on here is uh, uh, a piece from Politico about. Um, A call that happened, I believe, last week, where uh, leadership from several of the uh, country's biggest unions were talking with Senate Democrats about uh, funding and have threatened to withhold funds if uh, people don't uh, sign up to get behind the PRO Act. Right. Well, I mean, you got
0: to imagine and maybe this this is just my reading of this so i could be a little bit incorrect but you got to imagine that a lot of these unions were probably gunning pretty hard for bernie sanders right. and then when they got joe biden there was all this rhetoric about how joe biden will be the greatest union president of all time these union leaders have got to be sitting around stewing over it because even if they believe the liberal hype and they're like this is coming this is on its way they got to be pretty pissed off that Joe Biden has done exactly fucking nothing right for workers except raise the minimum wage of federal contractors' <laughs> like
2: and, and very slightly wag his finger at Amazon a little bit right sort yeah of.
0: <laughs> say something that will get a little bit of it was a news ticket that's the other thing like he didn't yeah. he didn't write an executive order or call legislators and ask for legislation or anything
2: It was literally hey Jack, don't bust unions, please. <laughs> Our, uh, look. yeah well
1: and 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 it is exactly that it's the it's the don't don't bust the unions and then hey meet me in the in the office without the cameras after this so i can explain how we're gonna bust these unions
2: yeah right <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely because this article from politico points out that unions contributed almost 30 million dollars to biden's campaign and so, you know, as part of this continued electoral strategy by the the large unions, and, and this call specifically included one of the largest painters unions in the country, the Communications Workers of America and the American Federation of Government Employees.
1: AFGE.
2: And there was a quote from a person familiar with the call that said, if Senate Democrats won't try to do labor law reform now, when exactly is it they can promise that they will? It's been decades. The time is now. And unfortunately, person familiar with the Wednesday call, I have to tell you, the answer the answer is, uh, if the Democrats won't do it now, when will they do it? The answer is never, because yeah. they're not going to try to do it now either. Make them do it. You have to make them do it. Exa- exactly. Can,
1: uh, so you, y'all might know this already. I'm going to do a little quiz for <laughs> you, but when was the NLRA passed?
2: 1936 Ah, better guess than i have
1: yeah one year (laughs) one year later yeah no you're you're about right that is that is the uh documents that we are still using yeah to uh (laughs) provide any level of support to workers well we should only be using the
0: constitution
2: <laughs> <laughs> just 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 imagining a, a type of guy who's a strict originalist for the Wagner Act. <laughs> what were the Carnegie executives thinking when they were writing this? <laughs>
1: that's the that's the uh labor task force that actually exists.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're a biblical yeah. literalist? That's so interesting. I'm a Wagner Act originalist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's just somebody who's like, like wearing a, a top hat and like constantly having a monocle fall out. Of yeah. Their, yeah.
1: <laughs> One of the things that this Politico article points out is, uh, during Barack Obama's presidency, there was a, a similar bill called Employee Free Choice Act, which I'm, I'm guessing was similar to the PRO Act. I actually don't know much about it, but that didn't pass when there was control over both what do you call it the Senate and the the House of Representatives? Yeah, both houses. But
0: of Lena, comments. those nasty Republicans <laughs> stopped Obama in his tracks from doing anything <laughs> to help anyone.
1: From what and how?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the 40 of them that were in the Senate stopped the 60. Democrats by being extra mean. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, the, the employee free choice act, was supposed to be. Cause like when Obama came in, in, in 2008, he had all the rhetoric about, I'm going to do card check. We're going to make you, we're going to bring back labor in America. And then he gets in office and he's like, we're going to do healthcare and we're not going to do the public option. And we're not going to do any of that, labor <laughs> and stuff. That, and that. And then he didn't do healthcare.
0: <laughs> right. I'm still waiting for Guantanamo yeah. to close my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Everybody yeah. wants to say tan suit. I just want Guantanamo to close.
2: <laughs> and so like, like we're shitting on this, but it's like, i i am glad that the it, like you said lena before sometimes you got to give people a warning first and so i i am i'm, I'm I, I am probably almost certainly overly optimistically hopeful that that's what these unions are intending this as because like right the whole we might have to withhold consider yeah, that's the other thing it's we might have to consider withholding support
1: yeah and it's just it like should be a little bit stronger I, I wording than that <laughs>
2: Stop being nice. Stop being nice. You have more power. You have the workers.
0: Like if you tell the workers to stop working and they stop working, the people who are in charge are fucked. So like don't fire, fire one warning shot, say like it's this or strike, like come out of the gate saying that. And then like literally, strike as your second resort not last not like back of the pack second second resort strike <laughs> like yeah
2: <laughs> warn them that you will strike and then strike because well, cuz cuz that's the thing that's like so frustrating about so much like the the liberal hegemony around history that that mo- like the popular retelling of history because i feel like so many people have been convinced that labor struggles were won by calling their congressmen <laughs> Right. It's like that never did uh, just about anything. <laughs> it's like every single one of these things was won through direct action. A lot of
0: people don't know this, but the revolution in uh, Russia was actually just a big letter writing campaign, mostly. It was just people putting pen, <laughs> pe- the pen is mightier than the Kalashnikov, they used to say <laughs> during the Russian Revolution. <laughs>
1: So, like that's revisionist history <laughs> they didn't even have
0: kalashnikovs yet i don't uh,
2: <laughs> so i i am glad that like the unions are putting pressure on these folks but like it's got to be and it's it's got to be ramped up and critically not just against the dems because like there's got to be this they got to get away from this idea that somehow the democrats are like friendly labor it's like the only way this law is going to get passed is if you force it and that's every like almost every member of Congress. Right. Yeah,
0: definitely. Like, I mean, like, that's the other thing. People are like, oh, we need to push the Dems. So the Dems can work the back rooms of Congress to right. get the Republicans to allow <laughs> right. enough votes to get this through. And it's like, no, no, tell your congress people republican democrat independent whatever that like if they don't vote for this you're gonna fuck shit up in their region and make sure they don't get reelected. like they put a, they put a guillotine
1: that. out in front of just jeff bezos's house they they put a guillotine <laughs> out in front of jeff bezos's house yeah, <laughs> <right? it>? well, <laughs>
0: and don't, don't be afraid sh- to just like not even just focus on like you don't have to just focus on people in the national legislature. Like, put pressure on anybody in the electoral system, yeah. because guess what? They're all friends. They play golf. They right. hang out together. They eat dinner at each other's houses. Like, They
1: are friends. You can put it on
0: anybody. They will get they, the memo. They like, put,
1: <laughs> They put on the, what was, it? I think I saw a headline. It's not in the notes, but, like, Mitch McConnell was like, Joe Biden, like, didn't do unity like he promised. I'm just like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you all, like, literally are there are are they stroking each other off at every moment
0: yeah i mean the he mitch mcconnell is mad that the democrats are trying to absorb some of the far further left political energy that was popular in the united states during uh trump's presidency back into like weird DSA as part of the Democrats kind of stuff, instead of just like defecting all the way back to the center and launching a
2: new McCarthyist campaign. <laughs> like, well, and there was, there was one thing in this article that uh, stood out also as expect just particularly gross because they have a statement in here from this trade group in response to Joe Manchin, the signing on to the pro act. Mm -hmm. and it's the Coalition for a Democratic Workplace which first off it should be illegal for this group to have this name (laughs) right why is that Uh, Dan? uh, That's because the Coalition for a Democratic Workplace includes such organizations as the U.S. Chamber of Commerce (laughs) the National Association of Manufacturers and the National Retail Association. All
1: famous government organizations
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I love having a bunch of federal bureaus
0: led by appointees when in on how to make my <laughs> workplace more democratic. That's my fucking favorite.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's just like the coalition for a democratic workplace by all of your friends, such as Employer Man and <laughs> yeah. Monopoly Guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it does remind me of of one of my ideas of creating a solidarity union called uh, when you just pick what region you're in, you just pick, call it the labor council. It's the the regional labor council, and you just it's just like the chamber of commerce, but it's a solidarity. Right. union and you use it to to strike and do small actions.
0: <laughs> that's dangerous. That'll get shut down right away. Cause that's pretty close to just like a Soviet, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. a, <laughs> a regional Soviet.
1: Like. Yeah.
2: Do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that might be effective. Do it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, speaking of things that are incredibly gross, ah, uh, yes. the, the big story that uh, I was looking at this week is this piece from vice about uh, gig workers specifically delivery drivers working for Walmart during the pandemic. Um, Cause like we've talked about, you know, obviously one of the major themes of our show has been uh, the incredibly awful working conditions and for uh, folks working in the gig economy and how precarious and terrible that is for everyone involved, mm-hmm. ex- you know, except the people profiting off it. Um, but mostly what we've been talking about, I think are like, the big names everybody thinks of with that, with Uber, Lyft, Grubhub, DoorDash, um, like Instacart, those ones. Uh I like before I read this, I personally didn't even know Walmart had their own. Me neither. Um, like delivery service, because like I thought that they just used Grubhub and DoorDash. But they they actually launched this, uh, their delivery service, Spark, uh, in 2018, but it really surged to prominence, obviously, like so many of these companies did. During the pandemic and where in response to the pandemic, Walmart hired half a million new employees, including 170,000 new personal shoppers to fulfill delivery and pickup orders. Um, And it increased delivery and pickup slots at its stores by 40% because their delivery and pickup orders have increased 400% during the pandemic. So that's like the influx of orders and money and like all of the the (laughs) demand that, that, Walmart has been having. Mm-hmm. And so, in response to all that, they've obviously been expanding their operations with Spark. But after reading about the situation for Spark drivers, it basically seems like it's the worst aspects of every one of these gig companies. Uh, Why wouldn't
0: it be? Walmart's had the chance to learn from uh, Silicon Valley. And what is Walmart amazing at, if not figuring out how to make shittier versions of stuff?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because it seems like this has all of the problems that we hear about with Lotties, especially one of the ones that is the most exploitative, which is their pay model is completely opaque it's basically done by this uh, they call it a black box alg- algorithm lovely <laughs> um and this and this is done by a lot of gig companies there was a example in here that motherboard used from the, uh, a story they had last year about shipped
1: which is the target version
2: right exactly and so walmart will bring in drivers to shipped with uh offers of like big amount like people making over $1,000 a week, people being able to, you know, it's all the same stuff. You can work your own hours. You'll be able to uh, do this in your spare time. You can make all this extra income. And then very rapidly, once people have gotten into doing this, the order pace starts to drop off. The amount of orders that they have to complete in order to make the same amount of money starts to rise through the roof. And they are immediately thrown into like vicious competition with everyone else on the app who's competing for the same orders. Right.
0: Yeah. It's like literally the more workers they have, the less they can pay them.
2: They in the target
1: example, they actually say that they based the new algorithm on the amount of effort that is put in. And then (laughs) when every when uh, workers were reporting their wages, they were 15 to 50 percent lower. (sighs) 50 percent.
0: That's because it's fucking piecework. Which is always a cover for Here's Less Money. hmm Yeah. Uh, I, I was just listening to a, um, I was, this is a little off topic, but I was just listening to a podcast where some of the hosts were talking about, like, I've always thought it's such a weird idea that when you work, you get paid for the time and not the task. And they were talking about that as already being a, a version of alienation like from the actual work that you do and the actual amount of production that you're producing. Cause like if you're making a hundred dollars an hour worth of value and you're only getting paid 10, you're only seeing 10%, you know, basic stuff. But then, um, I was thinking about it and I was like, so wait, does that make piecework woke? And then I was like, no, piecework is like the perverse, uh, retranslation back into that where it's like, now we're paying you based on the amount you produce, but it's, it's like, it's, so detached from like the amount of actual value that you're producing that they can safely reintroduce it into that realm without alarming you where you're like, wait a minute, I just gave a hundred dollars in rides. Why did I only make 30
2: bucks? Right. And because like the control over the power dynamic is entirely in the hands of the employer because right. they, they, they said, it's like, yeah, this is how it's not like you can go down to the market. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing they tell you. Oh, it's a free market. You can't go down to the market square of gig places. <laughs> and, and, and cause that's what they'll tell you. Oh, you could go work for a different app, but it's like, what are you talking about? Right. No, you can't. They're all the same because that's how competition works under capitalism. It, it's a race to the bottom. Exactly.
0: You used to at least be able to like compare the prices of different cab services or like here in Pittsburgh where there uh, still is a Jitney scene. You used to just like you would get to know how much the different Jitney drivers cost and you could compare them to each other and it kept prices low and you knew how like and the people who are working knew how much they were going to be making or how much was appropriate to charge now it's just like it's the black box thing and that's why it's like so brazen that they would go ahead and refer to their own system as a black box (laughs) yeah because i'm just like that's just like okay my lord i see we've entered into (laughs) real real techno feudalist hours now like
2: (laughs) yeah because like they have an example in here um where there's a spark driver um, who says, uh, quote, when I started in October, I was making $1,400 a week. Then boom, they drop you like a bad habit. Now I'm making $200 a week and have to supplement with DoorDash orders. Yep.
1: Yeah, and so then they're working for all of the delivery systems and you are, you are doing piecework for all of the different companies and not getting paid by any of them, basically.
2: Yeah, it, the, the gig economy is essentially converting the reserve army of labor in this country into a gigantic, like, network of fiber for the ruling class, yeah. where every one individual is has to be like part of all of these different app economies, so that they can be at the beck and call to serve like the new feudal aristocratic class. Yeah,
0: and they're also not missing the opportunity to make sure that the market conditions are set so that if you're Not part of the ruling class, but you're lucky enough that you don't have to work like piecework gig economy jobs, you are now required to rely on them from time to time. Right. Like the pandemic was a great example of people getting like groceries delivered and food delivered and stuff. And then there's also just like if, (laughs) if I want to get from A to B and like I don't have my car for whatever reason, like. I can either take the bus, which is rapidly losing routes, uh, every year due to budget cuts, or I can take a fucking Uber where the price is going up every year. Like, you know, from one end of town to another is like three times what it used to be when Uber first came to Pittsburgh. So it's like, you know, you don't even have to be a ruling class. Like the, the uh, participation in the gig economy, either as a consumer or as an, uh, contractor an employee, uh, right. is, increasingly compulsory and that's just another problem with this as well. Yeah.
2: One of the ways that Walmart has not necessarily actively, but functionally um, been able to uh, sort of dump some of the blame for these low wages off because of that black box algorithm Mm -hmm. is onto basically their tipping system by basically turning these gig workers into tipped workers who have, if they have to rely on their tips to survive. There's a a quote in here from a Spark driver in Lafayette, Indiana who said, it's gotten to the point where there are days where you have to work 12 hours with no break to make the same money I made working five or six hours when I originally started. Very similar to Uber and Lyft. If customers don't tip, you don't get minimum wage after gas costs. There have been days when the store is running behind and I didn't get bonuses and drove lots of miles and I didn't make any money.
1: They mentioned buying buying stuff for the the people so that they could get better tips like dog treats and stuff like that
0: people do that people hand out bottles of water in their ubers Included, and stuff they, i mean this is yeah classic. they mentioned
2: in here like buying the little candy like the, the halloween little individual candy things and including that with orders so they're like forcing their drivers to have to come up with these little hustles to like right. get people to tip more which just feeds even further into this incredibly insane like rise and grind culture where it's like, it's up to the the gig worker to use your entrepreneurial spirit to maximize your value output. And I hate talking like this and it's making me fucking insane. (laughs) I can hear your your, your face is getting red and you're angry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's all just, like, American fucking capitalist mythos. It's all part of the just, like, if you just grind hard enough. It's, like, they want to sell us this, like, it's, like, CrossFit for getting rich. Yeah. Like, I could go out and grind some fucking Uber rides after work or deliver some Walmart groceries or whatever. And it's, like, that's it's never going to fucking be that. It's another <laughs> scam you, by the ruling class. If
1: you work 100 hours a week for Uber, you might... Be able to buy a new car when this one breaks.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the gig economy. Maybe you'll make just enough to scrape by. Yeah, Maybe. right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and- gig economy. You better be doing this for beer money. Like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the other thing that they're doing to, you know, as part of the that the, the whole black box algorithm enables them to do is they're using bonuses to convince people that they're paying people on average more than they are. Um, they mentioned that in the app, a motherboard saw like reviewed different bonus options that appeared for drivers when they were putting together the story. And, and they had things where there was a thousand dollar bonus. If a driver completes 300 deliveries in a set time, which was basically like the holiday rush. Cause it was, it was a two month period from November 11th to January 12th. And then there was another one, like a, a smaller one, which if anyone plays video games, these might start to seem familiar the way that they are structured uh, <laughs> where they would would offer like a twenty dollar bonus for completing four orders in a day, but drivers say that the market is so saturated with with people competing that Oftentimes, even if those bonuses are technically available, the pool of orders that any individual driver may have access to is gonna make it incredibly impossible uh, difficult, if not impossible, to meet those bonuses for most drivers. I
0: love playing fucking uh Uber order bingo with my fucking phone to, to earn an extra twenty-five and your bucks yeah so that yeah. I can come home with seventy five dollars at the end of my ten hour day instead of fifty. that's fucking lovely like holy
2: shit I, I'm glad that i I love to live in a society where I have to see if this week's dailies are good enough for me to be able to get in yeah i I love dailies uh yeah I love a job where is. I have to
0: have fucking like coupon clipping bingo playing old person brain just to even fucking like make a livable fucking wage. And like a lot of these people, you know, are in this situation because they lost their job, right? They lost their fucking job from COVID. And then we don't count people who work for gig economy companies in the unemployment statistics, even though they're basically fucking unemployed (laughs) Yeah, because the, the, company wouldn't classify them as something other than an employee if they weren't getting ready to not give them the things that
2: constitute employment the, the, uh, unlike a lot of our stories there there wasn't really unfortunately there wasn't an organizing angle in this story it was it was just right hey so you know how you've heard about how awful gig work is that's well, right guess how bad walmart gig work is <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Yeah, but I, I think one of the things that really just stuck out to me about this, th- related to other gig work stories, but I think was emphasized really heavily by this one, was that the that aspect of gig work that companies are using this whole algorithmically determined pay right. in order to obfuscate what the actual hourly pay rate that any individual, as well as you know an average employee, is getting doing this work, like. It makes all of this shit so much harder for the workers involved, and it is I would say it's baffling that it's not illegal if, like you know well, the whole point of the show wasn't to understand why it's not illegal,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, like the, we do expose terrible work conditions here. That's another thing we do, and uh, we we've so done it again, folks,
2: um <laughs> yeah, another slam dunk for my
1: small podcast. I- <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: no. I mean, like, I like, I. I, I mean, I'm glad Vice did this story. Yeah, like, even if there isn't like an explicit call for spark workers to organize, which obviously, like uh, all like all workers, it sounds like these workers desperately need a union.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, look. If a publication founded by Gavin McGinnis isn't willing to step up. <laughs> And call for gig workers to be organized. I think we can do it here on the Work Stoppage Podcast. Yeah. Speaking of stepping up.
1: Yeah, speaking uh, of actions that are awesome and continuing.
0: Yeah, the Indian Farmers Movement uh, has been going on for five months now. I hadn't even thought about this until we were getting ready to do the show today, but five months of continuous protest by the Indian Farmers Movement uh, made even more exceptional by the fact that India is suffering so devastatingly from COVID-19 uh, right now that we could do a whole episode on that. Uh, if we wanted yeah, to,
2: it, they are currently the, the global epicenter of the COVID pandemic, you know, through a combination of the Modi government's, you know, complete abandonment of the working class and like the United States refusal to a first export raw materials for vaccine production, and then continuing to refuse to lift IP, uh, waivers. Right. Uh, but, Uh, Yeah, I just download that shit on Napster (laughs) <laughs>
0: Absolutely. How do you even, I don't understand how this intellectual property shit works. Like, do they know how to make the vaccine, but they're just not allowed to because of the intellectual property? Or is it that like you need the intellectual property to know how to make the vaccine? I think I'm it's, so confused.
2: It's both. It's 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 that like the, the new mRNA vaccines do have some new technology in them that I'm sure there is some technical know-how as far as like, okay. you know, getting your production facilities geared up to produce it, that they would could use some assistance on but like India makes like I think the largest amount of vaccines globally yeah. uh, with, with their production facilities. So the the idea that like, because Bill Gates will throw this bullshit out there like, oh, well, it's not that there's a factory sitting idle that would be making vaccines. It's like, yeah, no, I guess technically, but that doesn't- No, the no, idea there actually that, like, is. Like, that's the okay. thing. That's, that's,
1: <laughs> that's, that's the thing. is like, to, it's so paternalistic to say that these, co- that these countries and these places around the world don't have the infrastructure or cannot sure. quickly build up the infrastructure to do these things. I mean, like- it, it's just absolutely a continuation of the Imperial Project to make sure that they have to buy our version so that they can't right. do it themselves, and we don't provide any sort of liberation for people.
0: Well, and when Bill Gates says that there's not a factory sitting idle, what he means is, like, that factory's not literally idle. It's just producing something else right now that's way less helpful, but sur- circuitously makes him and his friends more money than if they were making the vaccine over there. Yeah. yeah. I
1: did want to... Um, I, I, This five months thing, I I do want to do another quiz. What episode do you think we did our India deep dive on? Two. This is episode 46. (laughs) 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 I looked it up. Uh, uh, 25. God, Dan is good at these. It's 23. Yeah. Oh, damn.
2: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like 23 episodes ago. Because that's the thing. Even in the face of an at like an absolute disastrous response from the Indian state to the COVID crisis. Like these farmers organizations are still like not only, you know, holding out, but continuing to develop their praxis and continuing to escalate their protests. Because like, there's a, there's a bunch of interviews. This is a, from an article from NewsClick, which is a, a big, like a uh, progressive Indian news source. and, there's story after story in here, uh, or like from a, a bunch of different like farmers association leaders about how like it's, it's, there's so much similar rhetoric. I, I feel like to some of the shit that we hear here, uh, because, uh, one of the people they quote in here, Baljit Singh, Greel, I am apologize for massacring that name and not pronouncing it correctly. Uh, from the All India Kisan Sabha, which is a uh, farmers' organization associated with the Communist Party, it said. When you ask me about the government failing its citizens during the worst public health crisis, the farmers faced it much earlier last year when they left their homes for the struggle, which government chose to violently attack its own people in a democracy, dig roads to stop the movement of the people. It really did not consider us citizens with Corona raging across the country. Similar apathy continues. I think our biggest achievement has been to teach the country how a movement is fought when despair loomed large. And like this, like the amount of, like obstacles in the f- that, that these farmers are facing, and just being like, Yeah, well, you know, fuck these guys. We're going to keep fighting for this shit because this is what matters. Right. Like, it's so inspiring. Yeah. Well, and their
0: government even used something called Operation Clean to try and turn sentiment against the protesters by saying that the protests were. You know, spurring the spread of coronavirus. Does that sound familiar at all? all right. Because we did the same fucking thing <laughs> in the United States.
1: But it's just even like. Even though that's not true. Well, and even
0: though, yeah, exactly. Like, protests are like such a minuscule possible contributing factor when you consider all of the things that a government is doing or not fucking doing to prevent the spread of COVID in their own fucking country. So well, it's just like. They're even you can't blame the fucking protesters for the
1: being. The protesters there. are even saying they haven't. St- they, there are not rep- Reported cases. There there are not <laughs> reported cases of COVID spreading on the lines. They're taking it more seriously than the
0: fucking government. You look at the pictures, almost everybody's wearing masks unless they're literally talking through a megaphone. Like <laughs>
1: right. and I was gonna just point out that one of the organizing tactics that they've used here, which has been highly effective, is the Trolley Times, which is basically the farmers' newspaper where they mm-hmm. are putting out stuff every day, every other day on their Facebook page, at least. I don't know. I'm guessing that the the paper version is is a little bit different, but they do the some of these articles profiling these workers, similar to like what was it, the, the people of New York or whatever that bullshit was where they were like talking about the life stories. And these are actually just like life stories of communists and farmers. It's fucking awesome.
2: Yeah, that rocks. Well, yeah, that was the thing that was really the the stuff that I wanted to to get at with this article is because they really get into the stuff that they've been doing to help keep people going uh, during the protest. And as you were saying, like with the, the, the news outfit that they have, as well as all this work they're doing to be able to support people, continuing the protest, providing people food, providing people with masks and sanitary supplies. Like these, this is dual power in action. Like this is actual like working class, like bottom up like you know grassroots all, all the, the fucking good words <laughs> buzz all mm-hmm. the good words about about actual democratic like uh working class organizing actually being put into practice and not and not just, you know, argued about. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Because they mention in here that village teams are collecting one sack of grain from each village to feed the protesting farmers as well as workers from the industrial areas. They mentioned, uh, we are staging, quote, we are staging protests uh, in the midst of an industrial hub where thousands of workers live. The government may show apathy, but we cannot do this to our brothers. We will run extra langars, which are uh, community kitchens, uh, to feed such population. We are also planning to distribute food. Food packets in the national capital to the poor and needy when uh, lockdown has been in place and that which is you know because they're shutting down so many workplaces right yeah
0: this is this is fucking amazing because this is like the kind of like social movement that uh, you you wish for <laughs> yeah. here in the United States right like we don't have yeah. anything like this like Occupy fucking pales in comparison to uh, what the fucking uh, Indian farmers movement is doing right now
1: well um, one thing that we do here is uh, Was we have a meme review Yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> Yes that's correct <laughs> We do We do I, hear I know. I, the comparison there is like Well India has this <laughs> giant five month long strike Which actually started from a much longer uh, Action that was going on before it it's Super cool everything they're doing Is really awesome and democratic But you know what we have Memes
0: I a mean, uh, Yeah <laughs>
1: Here's a picture
0: of Pam from the office holding up two things that say, corporate needs you to find the differences between this picture and this picture. And the first one says, we take care of our employees, but can't find any, but can't find any because people want to stay on unemployment. And then the second one says, I'm a nice guy, but I'm single because girls just want to date assholes.
1: Yeah, Those <laughs> are course, definitely the same fucking picture. they the same like, fucking picture. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I mean like, and if you've, I mean, if you've ever worked anywhere before I had a job, uh, you'll know that like a lot of managers are literally that guy. Like this isn't even like a, uh, uh, lateral thinking kind of association. Like I've had a lot of bosses that literally said that in one form or another. (laughs) So
2: yeah. Yeah. There, there have been so many, I feel like fucking insane, weird concern trolley articles like, Oh But if people won't take these horrific jobs because they can survive because of a meager unemployment how will we continue to make insane record profits? Yeah, it's like when I see
0: those uh, <laughs> those pictures of the signs on drive throughs and it's like, please be kind to the employees who are working today. And I'm like, hell yeah. And it's like, because <laughs> no one wants to work. It's hard to find employees. And I'm like, what and the so fuck
1: you are you just, bitching uh, about?
0: You just, just <laughs> piece of shit. Like- <laughs> yeah. And just shitting on the people who yeah.
1: you're telling us to be nice to. Why don't you be nice to them, piece of garbage?
2: Yeah, pay them but more. So do you just go up and just be like, yeah, Yo, your boss seems like a huge shithead. I'm sorry. That sucks, man. I mean,
1: I
0: should just start doing that old tweet. This is from like years ago, I think, but it was like, like, I don't remember the contest, but it was like r- walks into a Starbucks. Hello. I'd like to speak to the manager. And the, car, the employee's like, okay. And they pull the manager over and it's like, you need to pay these people more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's so funny. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> our, our next meme is actually, I think, a really great reuse of the political chart, the four quadrant political chart, because instead of putting something in the top left and the bottom left and the top right and the bottom right, is they've actually just gone covering the entire left-hand side and the entire right-hand side with two different characters, basically symbolizing uh, left solidarity and right solidarity, because that is actually how it works. And, and the person on the on the left is, I think you deserve healthcare at a higher wage. I guess it is one of those like sim like kind of chadish memes, but um, yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure what the format's called uh, of those characters. It's the, yes yeah, the yes meme, it's like the chad yes yeah. meme. Yeah. Yeah. And then the person on the right, the capitalist, is <laughs> someone wearing a McDonald's hat, and it's no. How dare you steal my boss's hard earned money? And well, it, <laughs> I just think it's so true.
0: Yeah. Well, what I really like about this is that the person on the right isn't even a fucking capitalist. They're they're like a crying McDonald's employee. Whoa, Jack, which is like, that's the capitalist does not care about the political compass. (laughs) The capitalist is like trying to make money. They Mm -hmm. only care about like left versus right insofar as they can identify people who might, Cause them to earn. I mean, <laughs> less this room, money.
1: I literally during the Union Drive, there was a McDonald's that I'd gone to, and I was like talking to the worker uh, or something like that, and and I was just like, yeah, and I mean, like y'all deserve uh, fifteen dollars at the very least. And he goes, well, no, I don't think so. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah, are you talking I about? about? <laughs> I don't know. Oof. Yeah, that was that That's was a rough, rough one. I had to not go talk yeah. to that person
2: ever again. Yeah. <laughs> And then this next one, oh, yeah. I feel like is is pretty in line with a lot of the stuff we've been talking about this episode. This. this is so this is a two panel screenshot from uh, Final Fantasy Final Seven. Fantasy 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the first panel is Barrett saying the planet's dying, Cloud. And then the second is Cloud's response: "You don't have to be such a doomer about it. Shinra <laughs> has one of the most progressive platforms in Midgar's history. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know." Uh, it, uh, the difference between the insane, you know, uh, eco-terrorism plot of FF7 and the everyday life in 2021 America is unfortunately, very similar as far apart. Yeah. This yeah. <laughs> <So laughs>
0: is like, think. it's like that tweet where it's like, uh, everything about death stranding came real. And you guys said it was a bad game. <laughs> 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 it's like, come on now, give them a little credit. Uh, and speaking of giving him a little credit, this is something that uh, I pride myself on actually doing. A lot of people talk a big game uh, and don't follow through. I even do that sometimes, but not about this. And it's a, it's a screen cap from Letterkenny, but it's yeah. got the main character. What the hell's his name again? Uh, oh, fuck, he's not even that. really the main character. He's just like the most memeable no. guy in the show.
1: I don't know this. I don't know what le- what's Letterkenny
0: pretty funny as what oh, it is. Oh, it's Wayne.
2: It's Wayne. Wayne. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, the only guy's name I remember from that whole show is Squirrely Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's, it's Wayne and, and he's, he's got a hard hat and uh, work uh, work glasses on. And it says when work calls you during your days off and asks if you can come in and it's just him saying, you can stomp the brakes and put that idea right through the fucking windshield. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like the way you read it. It's gonna be a hard no. 'Cause when I when I read it I'm just like, Oh wow, this is like um it's almost like a Rickyism from trailer Park Boys or something like that. And I just didn't read it that way the first time. I thought it was just like Uh, a little bit more um i don't know i read it in a boring way and when you when you had had that kind of like Rickyism to it it really it feels just right
0: (laughs) well i've seen i haven't (laughs) watched all of letter kenny but i've seen enough to know that like there's this guy wayne has a particular way of saying things uh that has become like a a darling among uh viewers of the show
1: yeah (laughs) well if you're uh a listener of this show we're at the end of the episode
2: (laughs) Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for uh making it all the way to the yeah, end
1: absolutely uh if you'd like to support us and get a set of five awesome stickers become a patron at patreon.com slash work also if you are a patron go in there and message us with your address because patreon had none of your addresses so uh either that or message me and let me know that you're opting out then, um, also, you know, you can check those pictures of the stickers themselves out in the Discord, as well as this meme review. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, because it helps people find us. I did learn recently that it is twenty about 25% of our listens come from Apple Podcasts, which I was oh, damn. surprised about. Yeah. yeah, me
0: too. I don't uh, know anybody who uses that service, but hello, everyone! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Hello, you for listening. everybody. It's funny because
1: <laughs> because we use Podbean to distribute our our podcast, and it was like number ten on the list of, of platforms that people use.
0: Yeah, 10? people always ask me. They're like, "What podcast app do you use?" I'm like Podbean. They're like, "Never fucking heard of it." <laughs>
1: yeah if you'd like to uh hear like john on another podcast check out beepy blood you can listen to red game table and hear dan that's a super cool um game they play Mm -hmm. it's a a real play podcast where they do like soviet x-files it's really fucking cool so uh you know give them a listen follow us on all of the things and uh we'll see you next time solidarity forever
2: Solidarity. Solidarity, everybody.